Hello, I'm Bob Welch. Welcome to the fifth episode of 45 Years of LR. As there is a timestamp on everything, you are no doubt wondering why this had not hit your smartphones on November 15th as planned and scheduled. Uh, no thing we ever do happens in a vacuum, and it was during the days just before November 15th that I learned that Ken Squire of WDEV and motor racing fame was in hospice care, and on the morning of the 15th I learned he died. Just as WWLR holds a special place with anyone who's likely listening, Mr. Squire held a special spot with me, along with everyone I work with at that other special radio station during the years I was there from 2002 to 2016, with a three-year gap in between when I was running the station paperwork in St. Johnsbury. But I digress. The November 16 edition of Bob's World is a nod to him. And as Casey Kasem would say, now on with the countdown. We're nearly 11 months removed from the time Vermont State Colleges said they were selling WWLR to Vermont Public Radio. It was at that time I put out the word for anyone who had anything to do with that radio station to get in touch. And get in touch you did. The number of people who reached out and the conversations I have had so far warms me. The following conversation took place on January the 12th, 2023, with Scott Walters. He now runs Walters Wanderings Travel in Rockland County, New York. The following is only edited for continuity purposes. Scott explains all the things he did while at a bustling college radio station in the early 1980s with an extremely limited local radio landscape as a whole. Well, I was there basically from 6 to 6 a.m. It was 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. So 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. basically was like soft rock and dolphin temporary, you know, no... No, no ACDC or anything even close to that, right? And then, you know, from 10 to 4, it was, you know, more or less, I wouldn't call it top 40, but it was, it was a mix of alternative, you know, con alternative contemporary and, you know, a little bit more raucous. And then, you know, from 4 to 8, it was like, you know, yeah, this is when you could you know, go ahead and, you know, stretch it out and play, you know, the rock and roll things and all that. And then... We had the we had what we called the Arnor Spotlight Monday through Friday, where you know the, the, that was prime time. Eight to eleven shift was always prime time in the evening. So whoever was the DJs then could pick the artists that they wanted to play an hour. And then we had the hour and a half Super Spotlight once a week that rotated. And then you know from after that at nine o'clock to eleven, it was you know again that kind of you know catch all rock. And then from eleven to one, we we toned it back down again. And then we had sports. I mean, I broadcast, I broadcast Henry Downripple, who went by, by Bruce Downripple in college. He scored 55 in a state playoff game. And I was there with Rich Haskell Broadcasting. It was the most amazing display of high school basketball I ever saw. And there are so many other things. We, we did the LI games all the time. We did, uh, we did baseball. We did St. Johnsbury and LI baseball. We did, uh, we did Flintness with hockey. We did the, we did the basketball. We, we did the basketball and soccer from, you know, Linden State. I mean, we did all of that, you know? And sometimes we actually needed help from the guys at SDJ. More than once, Brown and, and Malali bailed us out when something wasn't happening right. So, I mean, you know, it's like, come on. These people are such clowns. They really are. That's Mr. Walter's views of the people who made the decision to sell the station. Keep in mind, this conversation initially took place within a month of the announcement. Feelings were 
raw. He mentions Doug Drown, Don Mullally, and Rich Haskell. I had worked with Don at WSTJ decades later, as well as with Rich Haskell when at WDEV. The Vermont radio world is an extremely small place. And to hear Scott Walters explain it, it was always cooperation between the college radio station on FM and its commercial colleagues on AM. And again, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a sense of uh, any kind of real competition because, you know, Doug Ground, who was the GM, you know, never thought of us as a competition, you know, because we weren't taking any away any of their revenue. You know, they were still making their money, even when they went automated after the Malali show in the morning. You know, it was, I mean... One of the one of the funniest little carts I ever made was when I did my impersonation of Nixon going, this is WWLR Lindenville. We play records, not tapes, you know, and and, you know, it was it was friendly because, again, you know, he wasn't they, they weren't they weren't losing any money. But like I said, there's so many different there's so many different ways they could have maintained the, the station and they and they just they don't they're you know, they're, they're just short sighted idiots, especially. When you consider that in an area as uh, you know rural as northern Vermont goes, not everyone's going to be able to do the streaming. Come on, stop it! You know, just stop. No, it. I mean it. It, it, uh, it it's important. It's it's important to have it, but you know you need the transmitter too. Uh, well, again, you need to be able to you need to be able to be terrestrial because of the because of the of the nature of the beast. The beast being the Northeast Kingdom, you know. Like I said, I don't, you know, I wonder what, how much, I gotta get pumping gas here in a second. I just wonder how much, um, you know, we're talking about when we, when we. How many people actually, way out in the woods of Sutton and Concord actually have like, you know, high speed internet? I mean, come on. Oh, you know, I, I I know you gotta go fill your gas, and maybe you can come back after you filled your yeah, gas. I, I'll be I'll be here. I'll be here until eleven thirty. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. I'll I'll check in later. <laughs> Friend has a new name. Come on and help us celebrate. Yes, your old friend has a new name and a great new gift for you. Your old friend, the SO Tiger, is changing his name to Exxon, and that calls for a special celebration. So you're going to get a free gift every time you fill up with any Exxon gasoline. And wow, what a gift it is. Well, don't get carried away now. But really, it's just about the best looking insulated cup I've ever seen. Right. Elegant, white on white, keeps beverages hot or cold. It's part of a new designer collection by David Douglas, created especially to celebrate the changeover from SO to Exxon. All you do is fill up at a participating station. And most stations are participating. So come on and see us. Now. And get your free cup. Yes, your old friend has a new name. Exxon. And a great new gift for you. In New Jersey, no purchase is necessary. Licensed drivers only. That old ad was a taste of the commercial landscape. Late 70s. Now Scott rejoins us after filling up and explains the radio landscape of the early 80s. Yeah, but, I mean, it was still, you know, look. I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm in the suburban New York where, you know, we've had, you know, look, at FM, every, every spot that's available on the FM dial except for two, you know, you get stations and you always did in New York. But when you, when you go to Vermont, it was like you had, uh, you had the, the WHOM that's the top of Mount Washington, yep. you had WTO at the top of Sugarloaf, and you had maybe one or two other channels and you had, you know, 92 FM. I mean, that was it, you know? When you're out going about, you know, AM it was 
You can get, uh, you know, SCJ, LTN, DEV, and a couple others until, until it's nighttime, you know. I mean, compared to New York where, you know, like I said, every every available space basically, basically was taken 40 years ago and still is, you know. So, so, you know, it's a different landscape up there, and I'm sure still, you know, even now, you know, there's still empty spots on the FM and AM dials. I don't doubt it, even even though they're more stations. We have you on here for the stories. You folks who join us, and Scott Walters delivers. I don't know if you ever heard this story, but this is not radio-related, but this was December of 1984, and it was myself and uh, Jim McDermott, who was a student, and Lachlan McLaren, who was a student. We actually made arrangements because we had asked then President Clive Berry what he wanted for Christmas from us. And he said, beer. And we said, well, what kind of beer? And he goes, oh, beer is beer. So, you know, we knew that that was true. <laughs> and, and so we actually set up, and they were, they were just doing, they had just done a uh, modern allegory of Julius Caesar set in Beirut. So there was all kinds of army fatigues and, and, and fake guns and, and stuff like that. So we got ourselves all camouflaged up and uh, we had, we had the blessings of Mrs. Barry. We had the blessings of Peggy Stevens, who was Barry's secretary. And we stormed into his office at three forty-five, right at the appointed time on a Tuesday afternoon. And we, 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 we stormed in and we, we gave our manifesto. We were from the Beer Republic of El Chugador and we're going to take you to have you understand the true meaning of beer. And we took him to the Wooden Horse, which is now like a Chinese restaurant or, or was the last time I was there. I don't know what it is now. And we took him to the Wooden Horse and we actually had it all set up that we tried, you know, all the varieties of beer they had there. And, and he paid the tab, right? And we, we got him, somehow we got him back to the college. I don't know how. And then I rolled in. And there was a there was a last class. It was actually a it was actually a radio a radio class with a, an adjunct professor, right? I don't remember who the professor was, but it was the very last class I had to attend before I graduated. And so I walked in. I'm about 20 minutes late, and word had spread that you know I had been part of this trio that kidnapped the president. So this guy was trying to be smart, and he goes. So, Mr. Walters, I heard you're out with the president tonight, drinking. And what were you discussing? I go, well, we were discussing um, future uh, academic uh, placements to see if the adjunct people will be retained or not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This guy was so red-faced. Oh, my God. I just put him right in his place. Conversations wander, especially with uh, someone you'd never spoken with before. Sometimes it takes a while for a memory to be jogged in the memory. I was the GM when it went to 3,000 watts, and oh my God, all the problems with all the interference things and everything. Oh Lord, oh my God, what a nightmare that was. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, and it was, it was and we, we had this guy, Peter Morton, who was the engineer for STJ, because he was the only guy who could do it in the area. He was like the radio engineer guy for the region. And, you know, he didn't even know why the hell it was doing all that, you know, nonsense. But, oh, my God. Oh, we actually had to go and switch our hours so we wouldn't be interfering during school time, you know? Uh, I, 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 there's, the critic has back issues 
going back decades at archive.org. And that's where I found some of those pictures that you'd see of Rich Haskell and uh, from uh-huh. decades ago. I work with him at WDE. Uh, and, and, uh, and I go, oh, my God, I know that guy. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but I, I read up on some of the, uh, the, the, tr- the transmitter uh, issues and how the meteorology department was blaming uh, the radio station transmitter for interfering with their equipment, and then it turns out it was because their equipment wasn't properly shielded or something. Yeah, they had they had not uh, gotten proper groundings. Um, this wasn't found out until like the summer after that all went down. They they, they didn't they didn't they didn't uh, and you know it's like you know and what could have happened is if if, uh, if there was a lightning strike, it could have actually fried out the whole all the equipment in, in the Met Lab. You know, that's just, you know, we, we want everybody to be able to get along and we want everybody's precious equipment to be kept because it's expensive. You know, we all know it is. Even, even back then, that was expensive. Sure. You know, so, you know, those old those old fax machines that the department had and and, and uh, everything else they had. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't cheap stuff. I mean, even back in the day. I mean, but no, like I said, I had. You know, I had some great fun, you know, and it was funny because the only time there wasn't at least another person in that studio or, you know, in the, in the actual station, you know, in, in the offices was probably after midnight, uh, between midnight and 1 a.m. That was basically no one was there. And, uh, you know, you were just alone and you shut things down. Uh, even in the morning at 6 o'clock, there'd be a news guy and, and whoever the DJ was. So there's always be at least two people. Except on the weekends, of course. So, you know, and there were times when, you know, there'd be five, ten, twelve people just sitting around chewing the fat, you know, you know, mooning the people through the glass. I mean, all kinds of stuff, you know. And, you know, there there was a great camaraderie when I was around. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, we, listen, we, we, we all had our times and we, we all had our conflicts. And some, some people didn't get along with others, although, you know, that was actually minimal. And, uh, but it was, it was a, it really was a good time. And, you know, it, it actually, you know, even though it wasn't an actual, if it had been an actual academic activity, I probably would have been, uh, you know, on the Dean's list, the good Dean's list. Yeah. Yeah. Proof positive. That is a conversation extends past the half hour mark. We spoke for 45 minutes uh, more memories will be dislodged from the recesses of the mind. I started, uh, I was doing news in, in September of 1980. It took me 23 uh, air checks before they allowed me on the air. I got on, there was five people on, on you know, that would review the tapes. And by a vote of three to two, I made it on my 23rd try. Uh, I didn't make it until the spring semester of 81. And uh, then I, you know, I just, I did, I did every friggin' format. I did every stinking shift. I did news, I did sports, I did, you know, I, I opened the station on Saturdays with the country show for six hours. I never had to buy a drink in Lindenville on a Friday night because everyone would send right down on a cocktail napkin their request. I never had to buy a drink on a Friday night at the packing house that was there or Luigi's. I don't even know if those places still exist, but, you know, never, ever, you know, and, and the keg, the pizza keg, never, ever. I would walk in, they'd hear my voice, and say, you're the guy that does the country show. I said, yes. 
can you do me a request? I said, give me a beer and write it down on a napkin. And that's what they did. And, you know, I did, I did every, you know, I did, I did LI football, you know, with, with Ruth Rich and with others. I did the hockey. I did the, I did the, the linens, I did the LSC basketball. You know, I, I actually, because of the interference, I actually hosted the, uh, the, the, the commencement, the, the year that the interference was really bad in 83. And uh, Patrick, Patrick Leahy was the commencement speaker. So it's like, yeah, I, I did it all. I, I finished December of 84. I did another show right before graduation in 85. I did a shift on that, that weekend. And I, I came up in 2014 with my kids. I had to show them the puking pig. And, uh, you know, I did a shift with the, with the computer. How different, right? They, I queued up the songs on the computer and I actually did my mixes with the, with the, with the laptop. It's like, oh my God, you know? crazy, you know? You have been listening to a conversation I had with LR Radio alum Scott Walters. He joined me from Rockland County, New York, on the phone, where he runs Walters Wanderings Travel. The conversation took place January the 12th, 2023. 45 Years of LR Episode 5 was produced and edited for continuity at my temporary field headquarters in central Massachusetts on Friday, November 24th, 2023 for presentation at this time. Episodes 1 through 4 can be heard by checking out my WVM-WWLR Facebook page, where links to all episodes can be found. Coming up on your smartphone, the evening of December the 8th, my conversation with Wayne Barnes, who just turns out to be the jock who was on LR the night news broke that John Lennon had been shot on that very same evening in 1980. I'm Bob Welch. Thanks for listening. Boasting 3,000 watts of pure impulse power. WWLR. Lindenville. The Impulse 91.5.